this is Seamus. I read Lord of the Rings once. This is Caleb, and I did not pass college algebra. <laughs> this is Silmaridians. Welcome back to Silmaridians. This is a blue-collar take on Tolkien. And, uh, yeah, we're, we're back, guys. We're back to a normal weekly schedule and everything. So, yeah, we'll see how long this lasts. It's true. Yeah. Um... So, I've been back for, I don't know, what, a week and a half, two weeks or something, something like, like that. that yeah. uh, I've been doing a lot of stand-up. I did three shows last night. Right. And all three of the... Alright, so these are all right, these are open mics. These are either open mics or just kind of like, not necessarily, but just like free, like come hang out shows kind of deal. Mm-hmm. Five minute sets to six minute sets, nothing crazy. Right. So, like, a lot of people say that you don't bomb... An open mic. You just go out and you try your stuff out. And if it works, it works. It doesn't, it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was just like a weird experience last night. So, so the first one I went to was at the Orlando Improv. They have an open mic on the side stage, like their side room over there, I guess you could say. Right, right, right. Um, <clears throat> so that one, it, it, you could probably have been able to pick up my sense of humor throughout of course. the various episodes. And it just wasn't connecting with anybody and I was just doing a bad job of not delivering things. You know, it's always it's always your fault. It's always your fault. You always have off days. You can't. Uh, you, you don't blame the audience, right? The, regardless of what the audience was like, you can always think I could have made them do something. Mm-hmm. Um, so I literally like yelled out to the host, like, "Hey, you're gonna have to clean up this one." Like, and I opened too. Like that was the oh, first one to no. go. Um, which happens, you yeah. know, if you open with someone who's my tone. Then it's gonna it's be a hard. little weird. Yeah, yeah. you're you're like you've got to have. Like, I I I've realized I do better if the person who opens for me kind of sets the tone on like a uh, I don't know, not necessarily a dark tone, but has like that has, has still got that similar style, right? I guess, and it just and and even if that happens, it may not work out, you know. Mm-hmm. So whatever, however the planets were supposed to align last night. Um, they did not for mm-hmm. that first, uh, open mic that I went to. So whatever was supposed to happen there, it didn't. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> oh, the Bucks just scored. All right. Bucks are up, uh, six to three. I'm assuming they're going to get that extra point. Nice. Um, good. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, keep doing it. So the planets didn't align like for me at the improv. Mm-hmm. Back into it. So the planets just, stars didn't align for me at right. the improv. So yeah. I was like, all right. So I left the improv, go over to, uh, Bull and Bush Pub over in, uh, East Orlando or whatever. I don't know Orlando very well. It's, they call it the Milk District. It's near downtown Orlando. So it's from the Improv, which is on I Drive. So it's it's a good 20, 25 minute drive. Right. right Get right. over there. That place is always amazing. It's always fun. Uh, crowd's always very, like, kind of... You know, so even if it's not a big crowd, they're always usually into it. And all the a lot of the comedians were inside already, too. Uh, which some people don't like performing in front of other comics. Um, I kind of do. <laughs> like, it, I feel like they respond better... To some of my stuff, which is good and bad, I guess. I don't know. But yeah, so so it was a lot of comics were inside. And it was hit or miss, but I had a few really good laughs. It was, it was, it was really, but I still wasn't really... I, I was like, ah, I didn't kill it. I wanted to kill it right after that terrible bomb. Right. And uh, I just didn't. And once again, you don't bomb open mics. But it's still it just still felt like it, you know? Mm. And, uh, and it's really bad, too, because the guy that went on after me, I was like, man, I hope this guy doesn't do well either. <laughs> <laughs> Not at Bull and Bush, but the improv. Right. And it's always a bad feeling to have, but you're just like, you kind of want that 
<laughs> that satisfaction, that satisfaction of knowing it's not just your you. Mind, like, oh, maybe it really is the crown, not my <laughs> terrible writing or lack thereof. So, <laughs> so I get in the car and drive down to from there to Daytona for the last show, and uh, which is just another open mic over in Daytona. And right. uh, of course, the people that run the show are great. Uh, the 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 place is great. But the crowd is just a bunch of people that are just kind of, so the bar is kind of like you walk in one door and the bar is kind of U shaped. It comes okay. back to the other okay, side. Yeah. On the other side of that U shaped bar is the stage, right? And then there's like an open area where people are supposed to be sitting. Everyone's on the door side of the U shaped bar, going down that way. And there's a small group of people. And I think I went twelve out of thirteenth as we go. And the show, uh, all in all, ended up ending at like one o'clock in the morning. Oh goodness! But that was after some messing around. That was after so, the actual lineup probably ended closer to twelve thirty, maybe okay. twelve fifteen. Okay. Okay. But it's still a relatively late show. Mm-hmm. But once again, if you're at an open mic and you're going late at an open mic, especially when there's a lot of people, you're going to end up getting a, 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 a an unenthused crowd especially if it's been they're tired quiet the whole they're tired and they were never into it in the first place no I mean, it was just a lot of chatter a lot mm-hmm. of whatever and uh which is the standard it's the standard it's what you deal with you basically have it's to, it's yeah. a normal open mic you mm-hmm. know but at this point i was just so like i was so enthusiastic to i knew i knew what was gonna go what was gonna happen <laughs> from before i decided to get, i was like yeah. i'm gonna do three open mics and I'm just gonna just bomb three times. Like I know for a fact you were that's running what's a marathon happen. and you just knew how it was gonna. And I was end just up. like, I'm gonna do it. I need the experience. Right. I need not the experience of like I need these three mics worth of experience. I need that triple entendre. <laughs> I need that exhaustion in my life. I need that feeling <laughs> right of just like I'm powering through it. Right. Know? Right. 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 Like a runner who does a marathon. It's like an, yeah, exactly. It's an endurance thing. It, it's just one of those things where it's like I need to know what that. I need to have that. It's almost like you need I, to I exercise need that, your I need mental. That mental yeah. yeah. That that that. It, you know, it's like you come out on the other side and you're like, oh, wow, you did your mind it's up. It's going to be whole, you're going to like yeah. remember that in the back of your mind, like later yeah. on. So next time you're writing material, mm-hmm. it's another, not even another thought line process to draw from, but it's right. just another thing that's, that you have to draw from. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I need this experience. So I get over there and uh, I'm, I'm sitting down, like not leaning on, I'm sitting straight down on the on the, the, the stool. Yeah. Because that was just what I was doing the whole night because I was like, I had a, I just got to do this casually if I'm going to do three tonight. Right. So I'm doing that. And of course, I'm just, I'm talking to like the only, the, just the other comedians, the people that were paying attention. Right. Yeah. And a few other people that were there that were, you could tell that they were regulars to that show, you know? Okay. So they came there for the comedy pretty much. Yeah. They came there for the comedy, but they came there because they know the host or they know some of the people that were there. Uh, Like they're like... It's a weirder scene than, than the Orlando scene because it's not weirder, but more unique, I guess, because it's like, and I guess Orlando has this as well, because I've seen this at Bull and Bush a couple of times, but it's people who aren't really comedians or comics that go to the shows regularly. Yeah. 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 Like yeah. a following. You yeah. know what I mean? Just a following it, of yeah. the comic scene. Pretty yeah. Much. And these people were just like friends of, or, or whoever. Friends of comics. Of comics friends of friends and stuff of like comics, that. And they much, end yeah. up becoming like a, a part of the scene itself. Mm-hmm. Of course, it's my first time in Daytona, so I don't really know that. So it's kind of weird. I don't know who's who. Yeah. So I'm just up there. And then eventually you start just kind of laughing at yourself. You know, you say a punchline, you just laugh at it, like whatever. <laughs> and I, I hate, it was so, like some people, um, I, was, I was watching um, America's 
the America's Got Talent video yeah. with uh, Preacher Lawson. And uh, he's the Orlando comedian who went. He, yeah, yeah, yeah. he ended up leaving to go to L.A. I think right before I got into um, the comedy scene. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was doing his thing, and he had it on YouTube, of course, on America's Got Talent. And I was like, ooh, you know what? My day's going really well. I really want to read these comments. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because I was like, oh, yeah, that was really good. Go Orlando. Yeah. And then um, <laughs> I started reading the comments, and someone was just like, oh, I hate when comedians laugh at their own jokes. And I'm just like, yeah, have you? all right, like one of the greatest comics of all time, one of the people that I admired most as far as like famous comedians go is like yeah. Dave Chappelle. Mm-hmm. You see Dave Chappelle. He, he almost he uses always his laughing yeah. at his own joke as a rim shot. Like you see him drop the microphone yeah, and they'll like, hit it against his leg. Mm-hmm. That's like his cue, like you guys laugh now. But it's also just his normal reaction of just like that. Like if it's funny, it's funny, you know? And it yeah. comes from... And a lot of times what people don't realize is like you're, you're either really... When you're on stage, you're either really thinking about what you just said. Like, did I really just say that? Yeah. Or you're just like, oh, wow, I just thought of this. So you're, you know, if, if it can't make you laugh as the person who's writing it or saying it, why would you say it or write it? Because then True. it's not funny. True. You've got to at least have that that thought. And even if it's not like a laugh out loud, it's yeah, got to yeah. at least have that, like, that back of your head, LOL, that... <laughs> you get when you see like a funny meme you know? yeah exactly just like heh. yeah pretty much yeah so when you're on stage and you have that energy and stuff like that you just kind of it happens so anyways i start kind of laughing at my own jokes and i and then i point out the fact that i'm laughing at my own jokes by saying who look at this guy laughing at his own jokes thing, going yeah. way too into it yeah and then all of a sudden like <laughs> in my brain i'm like matthew mcconaughey at interstellar but it's like the open mic version <laughs> and i'm just like just so far meta that I don't know what's real. <laughs> and like, am I saying these things because they're not funny? Because it's funny because I'm supposed to be funny? Oh no! Just like, oh no! You're down the just, rabbit hole, dude. Oh, dude, I was. Oh. It's like watching YouTube on a Saturday afternoon. Oh, like just no. too far gone. Yep. And uh, I just la- start laughing hysterically <laughs> to the point where I go to say my next setup and I just am still laughing and can't for a good like 30 seconds, which is like an eternity on stage. Yeah. I'm just laughing hysterically. Oh my God. And then gosh. I've got like a few of the other guys that are in the back that the comics I know and, and they one or two exactly of them what's are going just on. dying laughing. <laughs> And then the guy who, uh... Oh, man, that's good. The guy, <laughs> the guy who runs the show, um, he's a really, really, really good guy. So I've met him a few times in Orlando, but he's a Daytona guy. He comes up to me afterwards, and he's like, that was really good. You're this close to a breakthrough. Because right before the breakthrough comes the breakdown. <laughs> Oh man! <laughs> and I was he like, where, right I, was like I didn't know what that was, but I guess you just put a label on it. <laughs> oh, so that's what that is. Oh wow! All right, it's like when you have a panic attack. Yeah. And you and just you realize like, after the fact, oh, that was what a panic attack is. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like a, a a real like. It wasn't a breakdown. I didn't think it was. No. It was just me realizing. But I just. Apparently, you're not supposed to do that on stage. Getting lost That's... in your own thought process and trapped in your frontal cortex is apparently frowned upon in the comedy community. And I just. I didn't know what to do. And I just laughed hysterically for 30 seconds on stage. And then we ended up doing like a. a 
a comedian like uh, uh doubles uh, yeah yeah uh so we just ended up going up there and uh, we had fun with that we just got up there we just talked and exchanged stories and kind of stuff like that, that. must have been nice yeah it was nice it was a little more casual level yeah. and i was just like once again, just sitting on the stool, like, man, you know, like, I'm too cool for this. Like, like, like sitting in the back of class in high school, like I always used to do. Yeah. But it's like, I act like I'm too cool for, for it, but I was actually a straight A student and the exact same thing is going on with comedy. I'm like, I'm too cool for this. Somebody but laugh I- at me. <laughs> I just. <laughs> Anyways, this is Silver Idiots. I'm so sorry. <laughs> That's what's been go- that was happened to me last night, so I had to share. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's what's been going on with Caleb's <laughs> life. Mine hasn't been nearly as interesting. Uh, I've been playing video games lately. Like I said before last week, I've been playing different video games like Destiny Two. I've been looking up different video games, but uh, what I've really been looking forward to is uh, you know kind of keeping it in the um, in the vein of Silmaridians. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Yes. Is Shadow of War. So yeah, that's again because I played you and I. Oh, I think when man. we both first got an Xbox One, we played Shadow of Mordor. Um, I think that was probably the first game I played. First game I played on Xbox One was uh, Rise. Right. Oh yeah, that's right. And uh, I, a lot of flack on Rise. Right. I loved Rise. Right. Like, I'm just. I'm yeah. not a big time like I. I I, I loved the cinematic part of it. I like video games for just like that, yeah, it's a little bit of that challenge and you get there, yeah. but what's the reward for it? Right. And in Rise, it's like, I just chopped this guy's jaw. <laughs> 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 so yeah, I'm a fan. And, um, yes, know, so, absolutely. Um, but Shadow of War. Yeah. Holy crap, Shadow of War, man. I, I'm mm. not a gamer. Like, I, I, I play... I play Madden with friends. Mm-hmm. Um, I played Grand Theft Auto Five. Right, only the story mode. Yeah, because yeah. the online is just awful. I don't care. I don't care what your. <laughs> I don't care what your defense of GTA Five online is. It's terrible. It's and it's I've full of the it. scum it's of the awful. earth. Yeah, it's like awful. It, I would rather live in the actual San Andreas. <laughs> Then play GTA Five Online wow. from Winter Haven, Florida. That's how I feel about GTA Five. Wow, wow, dude. <laughs> oh man, yeah. I I'm not a big fan of online gaming either. I, no. I usually play games no. just for the story, for the immersion and, and things like that. I play things like Fallout, mm-hmm. uh, Dark Souls. I play for the story and the lore aspect of it yeah. as well. And I. I don't know. I think there's been a lot of kind of disconnect from like graphics or an underestimation of graphics in video games. Like you see a yeah. lot of these return to like eight bit games, and yeah. uh, side scrollers, and I'm okay with that to a certain to a certain extent. But I was like, I want things to look awesome when I play them. I, I do. I do love awesome looking games. Yeah, I absolutely do. Uh, Fallout Four was another game that I have actually played to completion right. to to my extent of completion. You I'm finished not gonna, the story. I finished the story and you can keep on and I've done as many of the backstories as I feel like doing. Yeah. Um, you had fun with it. Yes, I enjoyed the game yeah. losers. Like why don't you just enjoy something for once in your life instead of just having to nitpick mm-hmm. and like, I wonder if I could dissect this video game. Dude, like, just I, do it, man. Like, I, just have fun with it. I, I'm not a big fan of, like, YouTube channels that just, like, make it up, make a living out of, or make a thing out of just being negative about games. Yeah. I understand being objective, but yeah. just exclusively being negative? Yeah. Who are you helping? Here's my thing with, with most games now, though. So, 
I think most storyline games are probably good as long as they got good writing and they got like I've never played Witcher and stuff like that, but I've seen how yeah. they are. Like I, I have a little bit of that ADD, so if if I lose interest in your game throughout the playing portion of it, I'm probably either gonna trudge through to the end of it just to see the end of it because your story's good enough for me to finish it. Yeah. Or I'm just gonna say, nah. Mm-hmm. So so it can't be, you know, because I like the story. I like the interactive story. I like to feel... That's that's why they have stories in video games. Right. It's so you can start to feel immersed on a whole new level right. into that character. Mm-hmm. You had books where you could use your imagination and other stuff like that. Then you had movies, which kind of activates a different part of your brain. Yeah. So some people say it's less engaging than books. Some people say it's a little bit more engaging than books. Right. But the reason you came up with first-person shooters and you came up with all this other stuff like that first-person... Yeah. It's an aspect. It's like I am playing this story. I'm living through this character. Right. It's putting your face to yeah. the character, pretty much. So now with like multi- multiplayer online shooters, I liked. I liked them. I loved them. Like, but now it's it's becoming so much more this commercialization of like buy this pack to do that. Destiny is just the worst example of it. Destiny is just so... It's just either a, I can spend hours farming it, yeah. or I, which is going to make me want to... It's just this, like, do this and you'll accomplish this, and there's no real accomplishment to it. Right. Um, and I know a lot of people that like Destiny. That's your, good for you. You're like, okay, I'm not going to tear it down any more than no. that. No, 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 no. But yeah, I see what you're saying, just because, like, you're just grinding and grinding and grinding just yeah. for the sake of it. Why, why, and so what's the point? Yeah. Why and make a be- hierarchy to where, let's say I'm a good gamer, like a halfway decent gamer, and then I go on to your game that I just so happen to have bought, like, later on. Right. Why make it a hierarchy to where I'm just going to get destroyed until I can finally pick it up and start to, you know? And I get it. It's for profit. It's 100% for, for it's profit. It's to keep people playing the games. And I see I see why and everything like that. It's like, you get, you know, you get this loot, and then you get the loot to improve your performance in the yeah. game. So you keep playing the game. And I get why they're doing it. Yeah. But when I play a game, I want there to be that payoff. Yeah. That ultimate payoff. Pretty much, and that, and that's that's what brings. That's, okay, back to Shadow and Mordor. Yeah, I was about to get into the division, <laughs> <laughs> which was like super boasted about how realistic it was, and then it was just like, oh, it's just a loot game. All right, but back it's to Shadow Destiny Mordor. on the streets. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's yeah, basically that's what it was. Big disappointment there. Yeah, but Shadow of Mordor. The I just. What did you think of Shadow of Mordor when you played? All right, it? so the combat was obviously derived from like Dark Knight. Yeah, at uh, Batman Arkham yeah, games. Ar- yeah. yeah, that's mm. what it was. Mm. Uh, Arkham games, which had a great combat system. Yeah. And it was engaging enough to where it wasn't like Rise mm-hmm. in that it was just cinematic. It, like, you could you could mess it up or you could do whatever. Yeah. Um, it was a little better than the Assassin's Creed uh, yeah. line them up and take them out kind of deal. But Pretty it still much. was kind of that one on one. But the problem is you just can't develop AI to a point. Well, mm-hmm. you can, but it's really... yeah. It, realistically, like you're fighting a bunch of orcs, yeah. they all run in and That's like true. take you down, and yeah. you're just fighting and punching. Like, how do you get that style of fighting into a video game? You have that, to like, make it gritty, cinematic. Like, you yeah. have to actually make it look nice when they Dude, fight. But how awesome would that be of just to get a gritty, just a down in the dirt, like? But that's where you get the the cinematic. Or the the what I can't remember what it's called the the push button response like uh, God of War or yeah uh, the uh, quick time events quick time events yeah. that's that's why you have quick time events so you can kind of see that yeah but it's just like how and then people how can you develop the the two handed controller into something to where you could do like real real style fighting yeah like real like I I I love fighting like I'm big 
big big fan of fighting. Right. Like, I, I watched it. I, I I trained in it for a couple of years. I I, I really enjoy right just that combat physical yeah. getting into it. You know, mm-hmm. and to see that in a game would just be really just to see that. Just like that grittiness, mashing your face in the mud and like punching you and trying to yeah. stab you here and mm-hmm. this and here. And uh, not only that, but just like a bunch of people. Like, like I can't take on more than, let's say, three people. You yeah. know what I mean? I can't mm-hmm. take on, you know, because I hit one with my shield and then the other two are coming at me. And I'm able to block one here, block one here. Mm-hmm. I elbow one of them and I can take on the three people before the other guy gets up and tries to attack me. Right. But then if a fourth guy comes in, there's no way I'm doing anything. Then you're so done. I just yeah. spin around in a circle with my sword until one of them just kind of slides in and takes my feet out. Yeah. Like, how do you develop that into a video game? I don't know. That being said, the fighting in Shadow of Mordor was good enough to kind of maintain that sense of I can't take on a whole army. Right. At least in the more difficult settings. They made the stealth option yeah. a viable option instead of just going Well, in they made it a necessity for some of the yeah. uh, for some of the um, the bosses too, yes. mm-hmm. which is what I really like. Yes. Cuz that's a, that's kind of like their their cheat that they kind of did. Like obviously you can probably find a way to maneuver your way into the game where you're just going to line them all up and kind of 300 Spartan style them into a corner. Yeah. But then they're like, "Yeah, well good luck with that cuz we made this guy impervious to whatever this attack is." That See, you're that doing. was that was what and that was the game changer unique. there. Yeah. yeah, the game changer there was how they how they set up the bosses to their different invulnerabilities and another thing another big game changer about shadow of mordor was the nemesis system nemesis system yes, where, which apparently they developed a lot more i'm excited to see because uh, apparently like now your friends have they remember more of, of what you did because in shadow of mordor it was just your enemies that kind of remembered yeah, how you took them yeah, down yeah. or they survived something like that it was really cool and it got really frustrating at times. I remember, I remember yeah. rage quitting a couple times because the same guy killed me four or five yeah. times in a row. And, and I'm just like, I killed, it. killed you. Like, yeah, I ripped your head off, killed you, and you're still alive. Why are you here? Yeah, like, exactly. I, which I think they could have. May, maybe they're going to fix that in, in, in Shadow of War. Yeah, in that they're going to like, okay, if you if you get a guy, like I wish they would just do the cinematic portion of, of you killing them to a point where you just like you slash them and leave them for dead. Right. But like if I chop your head off, you shouldn't be coming back. That's the thing. You know, yeah. like that was that was the one unless unless they, they have at least some kind of explanation of like, oh, some dark wizard did this which, for me. Which know, I mean they definitely can world, do so yes, it's fantasy. Absolutely. But explain that to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Don't leave that in the dark. And I think they will be doing that a lot more. Um, but yeah, it just looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. I thought I'm at least going to pour at least 20 or 30 hours into it. Yeah. I just hope that they, I just hope that they maintain somewhat of a linear storyline. Right. Once again, like Fallout or like Skyrim, you know, you still got a linear storyline. Oh, I'm sure they will. I just hope it doesn't become one of those things, you know, where it's just... Where you're just like out there just doing extra stuff for whatever reason. It's like you're trying to maintain, like, I don't want to maintain... A kingdom, you know. <laughs> I don't yeah. want to be like a lord in the, the Middle Ages. Biggest thing where about I'm just on this unending quest right. to constantly be fighting these guys. And there's no yeah. real payoff at the end. That, that's I want to pay off at the end right. and pay off at the end. Roll credits. You want to play again? Start it over or begin from one of your last saves. Yes, I don't like yes. this extra. Well, we want replayability. No, just 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 make a story and finish it. Yeah, because that's just the do thing. It. The way I, I hate play, Minecraft. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I do, man. I freaking hate minecraft yeah. man. i hate it yeah and i just i can't stand these like pointless games like this is the circle there's of no just, like just no a real accomplishment where's your you just keep playing where's your play. yeah where's your um what do you call it um 
What's well, so, the you develop the story from the beginning? You have a uh, the the conflict. There's no real conflict. Oh, okay. Is that yeah, the yeah. word that I wanted? I hate that it was conflict, and I couldn't gather that from my <laughs> stupid head. <laughs> well, what's that really hard word? Something about desert storm. <laughs> <laughs> that was a video game, by the way. That was actually Back pretty solid. Day. Yeah. Um, but there's no uh, conflict or or anything like that. You're just there is, but it's like, how do I figure? The, it's just too You're, free. Well, basically, rain. what it is is, and it you know what I want to do? It takes you out of it. Yeah. yeah, it takes you out of it, but it also, it also is like they're trying to make these games that are like it, this is like playing real life, but in a video game. Like, why would okay, you do that? Well, why don't I just play real life? Like, <laughs> the whole purpose of video games is to not be real life. At and, least in my and, mind, dude. I this is like tinfoil hat kind of thing, but it's like I know I've never been this, against yeah. GTA and all this other stuff like mm-hmm. that. But does that, if not those games, because I'm not trying to say games are responsible for this, and I get that there's the anti-gun argument and stuff like that. I, I understand that I think there are certain people that shouldn't be getting guns that are getting guns and all other stuff like that. Right. I don't want to get into it too much because of the whole thing that just happened, whatever. Right. But is that ideology of just like, I want to remove the limits from life and then just live it, really what's causing these things to happen? Like I said, I get the... I get a lot of very like I'm I'm not pro Second Amendment. I'm pro natural rights. I want a gun. I'm gonna get a gun. I just don't care what the government says. <laughs> I, don't, I don't care. Yeah. I don't need a piece of paper to tell me what my rights are. Um, that be, that being said, if we are gonna have a government and we are gonna count on them to protect us from something, that I do think that they're, they're like, oh wow, this is obviously they're, you know, they're, these people have access to these things. So we need to do something, do something, something to at least try to correct the issue. Right. Instead of just picking a side and yelling about it and then going back to doing nothing and then Mm -hmm. picking a side and yelling about it and going back to doing nothing. Mm -hmm. So do something. All right. Anyways, so that being said, I do want to deal with the mental aspect of it, the mental health aspect of it. Is this idea of just trying to, this is way off the rails, but I'm sorry. Is this idea... Of trying to live this unfiltered lifestyle, really, one of the factors, one of the many, but one of the factors that's leading to like we really shouldn't be entertaining this ideas, these ideas, yeah. even in a virtual sense. Yeah, yeah I see what you're saying. And like I, I get it. GTA is GTA. Yeah, GTA as a game is good mm-hmm. as a storyline game. Right, as as, as because a game. yeah, you're a criminal and yeah, you're doing this. But why are you stealing these cars? Why but, are you shooting these cops? Why are you doing all this stuff to reach the final goal? And you understand that in the game, I'm a criminal and I'm doing these things. Right, you have the context. But you go either to online or you go either into the side story of GTA, and it's just like, well, I'm just gonna be a, a whatever. It's, it's like wish fulfillment almost. Wish right? fulfillment. Yeah. And it's like this. We're fetishizing this just. Like I'm, like I said, the anarchy. Woo! Yeah, yeah. do it. <laughs> yeah. But like the idea to me of like anarchy is like I just want to live a normal life without someone telling me what to do. Right. That being said, if I harm somebody for right. either just the sake of my pleasure or for the sake of gaining something from them, there should be consequences. There should be consequences. Yeah. There should definitely be consequences, mm-hmm. and that's you why can't live we in a have... consequence-free environment. Yeah, and that's what. A lot, and, th- and I see what you're saying, and that's what this like. Yeah, a lot and of I don't think video games. Ga- I, I, before anyone rails on, yeah. I don't think I think video games are a reflection of what people want as a whole. Mm. I don't think that they're causing this thing. I think is that mindset what's really it's almost is, like a has mirror. something developed into yeah. our minds 
to cause you know to cause us to think that way or why are we why are we becoming so you know obsessed with this idea of so you think it's doing whatever we want yeah i think it's a symptom or who knows let's get conspiracy theorists about it maybe it's the system trying to cause anarchy so then they can crack down on us and take away our guns (laughs) maybe it's that i don't know what it is you don't know. Like, I see these things, like, uh, all right, so I, there's the two arguments to the side of the uh, the, the Las Vegas shooting, right? Like, yeah. obviously, to, and when the they get into the conspiracies, yeah, when they get into the conspiracies about it, mm-hmm. people are like, oh, great, here come these conspiracy theorists, and then other people are like, yeah, but we can't trust me because we did this and this and this and this, and my response is, I wasn't there! I don't know, I was not there. Not, no one can know for sure. All of all of the information we have been given is, like, yeah. second and third hand. Like, And then I get that there were people that were there, but if people that were there come out about it and they start saying that maybe, hey, this, the, what's going to happen? They're immediately, they're immediately, one group is immediately going to say, who already believed this way in the first place, right. one group is immediately going to say, look, see, they said it, they were there. And the other group's going to be like, yeah, they're just whatever, you know? So, yeah. I don't even know where I'm going with this. I'm saying video games need to have a... Alright, I, I get that this is super traditionalist of me, and that's really hypocritical. <laughs> we still... But give we, me a goal to work toward, man! Yes, and that's, that's what thing. Shadow of Mordor does. Yes, exactly. You ultimate, the ultimate goal in Shadow of Mordor, and we're back, and I, I, I'm I, actually impressed on how we got back on Shadow of Mordor after all that. But, oh, I can do that. Okay. I'm get it. <laughs> the callbacks, man. That's what it is. Segways oh, yep. and callbacks and... Ooh, comedy talk. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, Shadow of Mordor does give you that ultimate goal. Like, what if you could fight the armies of Mordor? Yes. And you ultimately get to, like, even in even in the DLC, spoilers for Shadow of Mordor. Yeah. Even in the DLC, you actually get to fight Sauron. Yeah. Which is, like, it was almost a glorified quick time event, but it was still awesome. Yeah. Like, it was still a lot of fun to do, and I and I enjoyed it, and that's the thing. And you still have that non-black and white gray area aspect of it. It's not yeah. white hat, black hat. Yeah, you're fighting Sauron, but you're doing it for selfish reasons to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. Like, even in Shadow of War, you can see how he's kind of, like, kingdom building, and yeah. it's, like, really cool. So I like that. So it's a, it's a little and against the grain as far as the traditionalist thing goes. Right. Even in Shadow of Mordor and now in Shadow of War, you're you're seeing that it's it's... It's got kind of those selfish reasonings behind it. Right. Which is good. Which is good. Because selfishness, as terrible as it is, and is really what draws us back in, draws those stories back into reality. Of course, yeah. Because no one, very few people do anything selflessly. Mm-hmm. You know? Very, very few people do anything selflessly. That yeah, gives you a goal, man. It yeah. just gives you a goal. And, it, and, it, and it's got a structured story, and it takes you and puts you into that story. Now... Now, the story's the first part, obviously. The second part is how well can we envelop you in the story? Mm-hmm. Um, basically, the gameplay. Mm-hmm. The gameplay is like, all right, I don't want it to be beyond realistic, but I also don't want it to be hyper-realistic. So they, find they, that good balance. Of they life. balance stylistic and gritty like, yeah. pretty well, I think, in that game. And, yeah. and like I said, yes, the com- yes the combat is reminiscent of uh, the Arkham games, but that was a good combat style. And if you told me, no, that was a compliment to that. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. If you told me a couple years before Shadow of Mordor came out, what if there was an Arkham game set in Lord of the Rings? Yeah, I would have lost my mind. Yeah, I absolutely want that. I would have wanted that. I don't know how it would have happened, but that's how it happened. What I really like too is how it really digs you into the character of what a ranger is right ranger in a tolkien talk ranger mm-hmm. you know what i mean 
Like, which is something you know. Honestly, I have to. I'll, I'll have to dig into further as far as like what that really means, right? Which I'm sure they talk about it in various writings. Because mm-hmm. really, all I know about what Rangers are is like, oh, that's what Aragorn was, <laughs> or Strider, you know? Yeah, but um, yeah. And I'm sure that I'm missing something, and I know everyone's gonna. If you guys ever comment on anything, if we ever get into like a D and D episode, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, we'll go into like the different classes. Okay, so is that like an implied? Is Ranger an implied thing, or is it really covered in Tolkien's like things? I'm well, yeah, the Dunedain, the Dunedain are Rangers. Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay, Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, just the fact that it kind of delves into what it's like to be a Ranger, what they do, their style of fighting, their style of just warfare. Yeah, basically, you know, so. Like I said, I'm not. That, that's one of the things within the Tolkien universe that I kind of get more need to get more well versed on. Right, exactly. But um, I do like that it gives you that idea because when you think about, oh, he's, he's, that's how he knows this stuff. Right. That's why. That's why you know he. You see him like going onto the ground and like sensing where the path, mm-hmm. where the battle mm-hmm. led uh, with Mary and Pippin, and things yeah. like that, and where they went into Fangorn and stuff. And yeah, it's it's interesting to see his background and the background yeah. of the Dunedain and things like that. And it gives you more depth. I think Shadow of Mordor gives you more depth, not only into that character. Yeah. What what is what is the Rangers? I can't remember his name. Uh, it's Talion. That's right. Yeah, and like he's apparently like a ranger on the walls of like apparently he's were they stationed in Mordor or was it like or was in Minas Tirith? I can't remember exactly. That's the thing. I I'm a little fuzzy no, on the um, uh, story on it. Gondor or is it uh, uh... yeah Gondor? Oh, okay, okay, Gondor. Yeah, yeah, yeah Gondor. Gondor. So that, that that's kind of I think that's where the rangers are. Yeah, yeah. I'm just trying know. to think of the the city and everything, but um, but. Yeah, like the, just the whole aspect of him being a ranger, and just you get you get more and in, more into the lore of Tolkien. That yeah. um, that's another thing, uh, another reason why I enjoyed the game so much is like this untold lore. Yeah, you get to talk about like you get to meet Celebrimbor, who is mm-hmm, mentioned in the mm-hmm. books as the maker of the ring, mm-hmm. and you get and apparently, dude, like again, another spoiler for Shadow of Mordor. Shadow of Mordor, you end up making a second one ring. Yeah, yeah, and that's going to be the source. Shadow of, of War, or Shadow of Mordor. It, it, well, at the end of Shadow of Mordor. Yes, yeah, that's right. At the I'm end sorry. of Shadow I, of Mordor, dude, I played it so long I, it ago. Was, yeah, that game came out like years ago, and I can't. Like, <laughs> obviously, not that long ago because it's current gen. But yeah, yeah, but so like quite a while within, ago. Within the space, it was like two to twenty fourteen. Yeah, yeah, two yeah. to three years in gaming is an eternity. Yeah. Not it only really that, is. it's like it's, it's. I watched a movie two years ago. I'm not yeah. going to remember everything about it. And I need um, I need to replay Shadow of Mordor. Um. I will say this, replayability on Shadow of Mordor, I think we talked about that already, it's not great. The story's good, but replayability is like, eh. Replayability, so here's my thing. For me, once again, as important, or, or separately as important, of storyline and stuff like that, on a different aspect is replayability. What I mean is, I'm not expecting my great story games to give me great replayability. Yeah. Because you know how it's going to end, so what's the point? Mm-hmm. But dude, my favorite game... All time, and I think it's the greatest game ever made. Is Galaga? <laughs> Galaga is so good. I love it. I love Galaga. Why do you love? Galaga? I will push some nerd out of the way <laughs> so I can play Galaga for right. three hours and then leave. <laughs> I love Galaga, man. I just the simplicity of it. You're in a spaceship shooting aliens, yep. and it's got enough variety to keep it spicy. And it, once again, there's no point in Galaga, and I'm kind of contradicting myself. Yeah, 
from before. But there's a but difference that's what between I love that. It. Yeah, yeah, it's arcade. It's, it's like that's a, what arcade means. That's where you go into like how addictive a game is. Yeah. And like, yeah, I understand. What I like about Galaga is it gradually gets more and more difficult, but it makes sense why it's getting difficult. It's like, oh, I'm progressing in the levels. I'm progressing in the levels. There's more ships coming. And the difficulty is not so much in the fact that, oh, we, it's not like Pac-Man, where it's like, oh, now i got to turn a million times and all this other stuff like that. Galaga is just more ships, more stuff coming at you. And eventually, it becomes like a button masher where you're trying to get all around this other stuff like that. But it keeps it to where, it, what I like most about Galaga is it's cool. Yeah. Yeah. This is- it's cool. It's the coolest setting. They knew what they were doing. They didn't try to over-push anything. It's not... I mean, yeah, everyone likes Pac-Man and Mario and all that. I get those games. They're cool, whatever. But Galaga is just so, like, for, like, a 14-year-old teenage boy. Yeah. That's just... Which is what I think video games <laughs> at <laughs> that time. Of, yeah. At that time, where they were really That was the target, target demographic, for sure. Especially in the 80s. And I think that's what we all are at heart. Including everybody in the world is a 14-year-old teenage <laughs> boy at heart. Just, just dumb that. and full of energy and... <laughs> Or just, just, or just chemicals. A <laughs> yeah, just a mean, bad person. No, um, <laughs> no, and it's just you can. It's Galaga's like a book. You can, you can, you can put anything you want in Galaga. You yeah, know, it's just like you I don't know why I'm here, story but this want. is what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And uh, and you just get so into it, and you, it's got, it's got a little bit of that two dimensional movement. It's not just one way across. It's two dimensional enough, right? Um, but it's also it's 2D and it knows it's 2D. It's not 2D trying to be 3D, which I don't like. Oh, yeah, yeah. If you're not going to yeah, be 3D. Yeah, like, I don't exactly. like those helicopter games where they're trying to make them go up and down, but it's still very what, 8-bit, just kind of just meh. Yeah, it's back when they were trying to do 2D without exactly, mm-hmm. or trying to mm-hmm. do 3D without exactly knowing what they were doing. I see what you're saying. Yeah, that, that gets Galaga knew what it was doing. That's mm-hmm. my thing. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, I'm not trying to put down Mario. Obviously, it's... Uh, putting down Mario is like trying to put down soccer. Like, obviously, <laughs> enough people like it for a reason. Yeah. But, uh, I just think there's something way cooler about being in a spaceship blowing up aliens. Yeah. Like, you know you're the spaceship. You know you're the aliens. Like, that's like a human spaceship. Yeah. You know they're the bad aliens. And it's like, I don't care if we're on the wrong side of this conflict, America. Like, we're going to take them down. They might have oil on that planet. I don't know. We're going to go get it. Like, <laughs> anyways. <laughs> go humans. Go, yeah, go, go humans. Us. Go us. the aliens. Go team. Go and team. they make the aliens mean enough looking. Yeah. You know? I'm like, I don't know. I I don't always like the polarized, like good versus evil, all that other stuff like mm-hmm. that. I like a little bit of complexity in my, uh, you know, like I'm a big Deadpool fan as far as like comic books go, and right? All yeah, stuff like that, or even Guardians of the Galaxy. Just because like, when you know, you like they kind of got that little edge to them. Yeah, but um, every once in a while, it's Galaga like, man, shoot some aliens. Galaga is yeah. just it. It's so you know, it it was in an age of games where you're a a pizza? I don't know what Pac-Man is. <laughs> Eating pellets and ghost, or or you're 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 a guy that's at a a bar serving root beer and you're trying to catch all the glasses coming down back your way. <laughs> and it's like you can play those games. You can play. Yeah, you can you can oh, try to be oh. all unique and stuff. But you know, every once in a while, you just need to shoot some aliens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was just so. So that's what replayability is to you. That's what replayability is. To me. Yeah. You know, and that's why I like, and I, I, I get people are going to hate on me, but I like Galaga. Right. And I'm, I'm a fan of Madden. 
I don't like playing Madden like weak story mode or online. I like I like me and another human person in the room. Yeah, you don't want to play against somebody there. you don't know. I think yeah. that's another thing about about playing like that kind of takes away from it with online gaming is you're playing against people you don't mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. and that's not fun. I don't want to. I want to already have a rapport with somebody I'm playing with. That's. See, first-person so, shooters are taking advantage of the fact that that's the only reason we have online gaming. Yeah. The only reason we have online gaming, I don't care what anybody says, besides the MMORPG things and first-person shooters. Because if you ever tried to play a first-person shooter with three other people, first off, it's three other people, <laughs> so it's like two-on-two two at best. Yeah. And you gotta, uh, uh, you know, back way back when TVs were 36 inches big! Um... <laughs> You know, you're trying to split that screen up amongst people, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, it's just more difficult, so online gaming was like, look, man, you, you want to play shoot 'em up we're going to play shoot 'em up But then first-person shooter got all this, like, this content that you have to purchase to, to have, and yeah. then you just had this hierarchy system to where, you know, that's when the whole idea of, like, noobs came out, you know, and so, and of course, what they did was they're like, ooh, we have a hierarchy system, so we're going to even expand that even more and get rid of the middle class. <laughs> 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 So they developed it even more to where if you like farm the game for so long, you get all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. And if you just want to get the game and plug it in and play, you can't really do that. Right. I thought I w- the one I don't know how Titanfall two is, but the first Titanfall when it first came out, right? You had to earn some stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, there's some stuff that didn't come stock with the game. There's a few updates. We play Titanfall two for a decent amount of time. And if you're decent at, at shooters, you're gonna get it. Titanfall also. They they were like, we're going to set it way in the future. We're not going to Call of Duty this thing and be like, this is new. No, this is like, this is, we don't even know what we're doing here. We're trying to do all this other stuff like that. And then you have Titans, big giant robots yeah. falling from satellites in the sky. Like just, that's where the running on walls came from. That's where, that's where Call of Duty stole it from. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's true. Yeah. It's, Call of Duty seems to kind of just farm stuff from other yeah. games too, which is kind of. Which is why it, when it comes to shooters. Best shooter I've played in a long time, hmm. as far as this current generation of con- uh, consoles go, Titanfall. Yeah. Once again, I my Xbox got burnt out. Like, like there was a, a lightning storm, and the tower got knocked out, and the little surge box thing got knocked out, so hmm. I had, just haven't gotten it fixed, because I've been busy doing all kinds of other stuff. Right. And, uh... Been busy having so a I life. I haven't played <laughs> video games in a long time, and like I said, the nature of video games has really... Gotten to the point where it's changed a little bit, yeah. Yeah, once again, they're making console games the same way they're making cell phone games. Yeah, you know, and yeah. like I, I have, uh, I have an iPhone. Not to brag, uh, <laughs> I, I hate to say that, but the only reason I'm saying that is because you have to go through iTunes. Yeah, and so really, uh, it, as far as iTunes goes, you can get one of two games. An Android Store might be the same, or Google Play Store might be the same way. Now, you can either pay five, six bucks. Or you for a game ads. that's completely full. Yeah. Um, and even if it's free and with ads, I'm okay with ads. Oh, okay. Or you get a free game that you need to play constantly, like Clash of Clans. You need to play constantly just to do it. Or you just, or you wait just all the spend time. money. Yeah. Some people will spend thousands of dollars on Clash of Clans just so they could advance their plan to whatever. And it's just like, dude, just let me pay a price up front. You know, right. sell me a product... Let me use that product. Right. Uh, I don't know. 
And I, I get it. There's a market for it, and I'm all for free market. Yeah. And the market demands it because if people are going to pay for stupid stuff, let them pay for stupid stuff. Absolutely, I understand. And if you're into Clash of Clans, and you don't pay for all the stuff, you just farm it, and you you like it because you really want to advance your position in it. I'm all about that. It's just not my style. I'm not trying to down anything. I'm just going off of what I prefer in the direction that I think video games are going in right now that I'm not a big fan of. Yeah. Back to Shadow of Mordor and Shadow of War. Yeah. Big fan because they're not those things. That's the thing. They are complete stories. They're self-contained. They're not... You're not paying for all the all of these different extra stuff. I heard there was some kind of discrepancy with, uh, with some of the DLC for Shadow of Mordor. But the thing about Shadow of War, and I, I don't know too much about it. I, I've, been, I've just been too... And, you know, to just enraptured by the fact that there's another Shadow of Mordor coming out. Yes. So anything they, they do, as long as they actually have a good vanilla game, I'm okay with it. Whatever DLC is extra. But um, basically, they're just solid games, and they just happen to be Lord of the Rings related. Uh, and you get more Lord of the Rings, which I'm always okay with. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. that's, you know, that's kind of why we do this thing. And it, it's just like... You well, get like to the, play uh, as a Lord of the Rings character. How fun is that? The actual like PlayStation Two Lord of the Rings. Game you remember those, out. man? The Two Towers one was probably I, I thought was the best one. It was good. The Two Towers one was really good, and you could play as uh, like Legolas yeah. with like the the bow and arrow. Yeah, you did the like you, you know, the multi shot awesome multi shot yeah. stuff, and you get to play as Gimli and yeah. Aragorn. And you and get to like and you get to play with your friend. They had like multiplayer like. You get to play through the story yes. of Lord of the Rings with your friends. How much fun and was that? And it was that? kind of that two generations back style of video games. Yeah. Where they actually made great linear games. Yep. Mm-hmm. Because they, they, they had moved from like the two-dimensional platformers to the three-dimensional games, but they're still very linear. You still had to pretty much go in one direction, a lot like the shooter games yeah. were back then. Exactly. Um, you know, you're just kind of guided into a certain direction. Right. But it was, it was quality, man. It was it just was. like, look at all these orcs. We're going to go get you just super action-packed. Absolutely. And it's just like, you beat the game. You're like, all right, I I want to play another game like that. Yeah, you know? exactly. Put out another game and I'm going to buy it, you yep. know? But the problem is I think people are so cheap and they're into all these microtransactions because they feel like they're not spending as much money, but they really are. Yeah. They feel like they're just kind of being manipulated by these people to get, well, we can get more money out of them. We can do these microtransactions. Just put less of a price tag, you still get more money, yeah. But how about the people like me yeah, that have eh, minimal disposable income? You know, we have... I can buy new stuff, you know? Yeah, exactly. So you put out a good game, and I love that game. And the same studio puts out another game that's like, hey, this is going to be similar. We made a few additions to it to try to see if it's going to be a little bit better. Let's see how the focus groups do. Let's see what the the, uh, response is to it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, after that, we're going to develop even more stuff and we're just going to keep tweaking until we get that right formula. And you always have to be advancing and changing to make things better. Right. But if you did that, I'd buy more video games. Exactly. I would buy more video. I'm going to buy the next uh, Fallout. I'm going to. Yeah, exactly. I'm I'm, I'm absolutely going to. I'm going to buy the next Grand Theft Auto to Mm -hmm. play the story mode, not the online version. Right. As long as they maintain that quality story mode, I'm going to keep buying Grand Theft Auto. I'm going to keep buying Fallout. Right. I'm going to keep buying Shadow of whatever games Uh or Tolkien-esque games that are made by the same studio. Yeah. uh, I'm going to do that. Yep. But if you keep putting out this garbage, what's happening for me, and it's happening, I I feel, for a lot of gamers. Yeah, absolutely. it's, It's cutting us off, or we're not... 
It's alienating like much. a whole generation of gamers that are just want to love video games but can't. Anymore. I'm starting to feel like like the older like generation. Like the older generation, yeah. you know, and it's it's frustrating because I feel that it shouldn't know, be happening every, at every 20. generation gets alienated further and further on down the line. I get that. Yeah. Um and it's just I'm starting to notice more that that things are marketed to young impressionable kids. That's what they are. Yeah. You know, it just... Things aren't marketed to intelligent people. It's weird. Like, I, there are. There's a market for it, but you kind of got to dig into to, it. Yeah, and then everyone yeah. starts to think that you're pretentious for it. Exactly. Like, and there, yeah, and, I like mainstream stuff. Uh-huh. I do. I like main. I love Game of Thrones. Yeah. I love Tolkien, which I think is relatively mainstream. Fairly. It, yeah. it, to an extent, enough people know about it. Enough people know about at least the Lord of the Rings and Hobbit movies yep. to know who J.R.R. Tolkien is. Uh-huh. And uh, I like those things. Keep putting it out. Keep making quality stuff. You know, even the Hobbit as movies. As long as you keep making mainstream stuff good, yeah. it's fine. Yeah. Even the Hobbit movies, yeah, they milked it a little bit. But at the end of the day, I was satisfied with it. I still went to every single one. I still watched every single movie. Did you not like the ending of the third Hobbit movie? I absolutely yeah. loved it. Come yeah. on. Yeah, let's I not, absolutely loved let's it. Let's not nitpick those things. I get it. A little bit of a cash grab. But what, what, what's your cash grab at, for me as an individual? I get, oh, they're making way more money. Oh, yeah, but how much more are they taking from you as an individual? They're not. Yeah. If you, let, let's say you waited for them to come out on digital download and you rent it just so you can watch it the one time. That's all you want to do. Uh-huh. But 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 is that what they took your five extra dollars? You didn't have to go spend twenty bucks to see it at the nice big theater, or or twelve bucks to see it at the less nice theater. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you didn't have to do that. Yeah. Um, or maybe you felt like you had to, but still, once again, what are they taking an extra twelve to twenty dollars from you? Yeah. I get I get that there's a little bit of a cash grab, and they kind of push the boundaries on it a little bit, and people. Are, but and of course it's it's the trend nowadays. You know, the, every last book of a series is, has a part one and part two of yeah. it. It's like it's almost like you see the studios like, oh no, what are we gonna do? We better split this up. Yes, but, yeah. but I think it's also a little bit of uh, you know, a lot of times I don't like to see a good series come to an end. That's true too. A lot of you times know, it is the I don't fans. like to see a good yeah. series come to an end. Yeah. Uh, I was gonna say fan service, but I saw a video recently on YouTube about what 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 real quote-unquote fan services and it's an anime term for uh for for when they animate uh ladies in a certain way but it is yeah it is fan service it's yeah a service to the fans of like all right we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna push you know we're gonna get as much of this last bit out of it because you can take any popular not novel only just for the sake of money but for the sake of fans not wanting yeah. to necessarily let go you can break any popular novel down well most popular novels down into at least two movies yeah. these are all individual books so mm-hmm. i'm not you know i'm okay with it you know i i actually i enjoyed the last two hunger games movies absolutely uh i <laughs> hunger games message is a little bit too like you know, it's like, you're not even subliminally messaging me yeah, <laughs> at this it's, point. It's pretty... It's, it's like pretty 1984 yeah. or uh, Fahrenheit... Uh, uh, not Fahrenheit 11. Fahrenheit 450, 451, yeah. 451, yeah. You know, it was like, obviously, some certain level of propaganda you directed towards somebody. You can see that you're being preached to... A little too preachy. Yeah. That's what I didn't like about Hunger Games. Yeah. And, uh... And I feel like when you get those, you get weird interpretations of everybody's opinion on it. Everyone thinks it relates to them. It's kind of like horoscopes. <laughs> like, yeah. oh, dude, I'm just such a... Just sick. vague enough for yeah, it to just relate vague to absolutely everyone. Yeah. 
oh, I'm part of this faction because I like farming, or yeah. I'm part of this faction because I think this is cool, or I like computers. Like, you, yeah, realize, they they're, know. you realize they're born into those factions, right? Like, <laughs> I know a lot of people that are born in November that I don't get along with. <laughs> 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 or a lot of people that are whatever coexisting signs that I'm supposed to like that I'm not friends with. It doesn't, that stuff doesn't matter. No. You know? Even on ma- down it matters because like you attribute attribute value to even it. down to the personality test thing those things kind of have a little bit more validation to them but not much more no yes there's a test behind it but at the same time it's it's inconclusive it's, pseudoscience it's entertaining but people that put too much value in it i first of all i doubt their intelligence so I, I uh second of all it's just you know with why? the meyer briggs i feel like i was obsessed with learning more about what it was for a long like, time. Yeah. I yeah. wanted to learn more about what it was. I wanted it to be true. I wanted something like that to exist. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you, you like when you got assigned that those four letters, you wanted, you, you attributed, like you saw the personality. Yeah. Like and that. you wanted something like that to exist because you're like, you're almost like rooting for the people who, who, who wrote the test, mm-hmm. you know, who came up with that stuff. Or you just want to kind of find out what's wrong with you, and they're telling yeah. you. <laughs> yeah, it's like your way of finding answers yeah, in exactly. the universe or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, you, you know, you kind, of, you kind of want that stuff to be right, but it's just, you know, whatever. Throwing rocks tonight. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Donnie! <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> if I had to do another podcast based on a thing, it'd probably be the Big Lebowski. Big Le- but, uh, the dude cast. Dude right. cast. I'm sure there's like 17 thousand oh, of those I'm sure. already oh i'm sure just about, i'm totally a dude man I, I, I like being lazy and smoking tie sticks white russians <laughs> i'm uh, lazy enough to be like him man i relate you do your I, thing man yeah <laughs> go ahead and abide i can't i you know i, I love the dude and like the little dudisms things but i'm just too negative to like like i relate to it but it's just like i could never i could never relate to other i could never let that much stuff go (laughs) like that's what drives me to exist it's just like picking it (laughs) it's just it's like it's finding the good and bad in things that i actually enjoy doing right exactly and i can't you know i i I admire you can't uh, just be that passive because then you are actively passive and you're defeating yeah yeah because yeah and then and then you're you're starting to 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 you're working too hard to be passive which is like why anyone that i see that's like that that wears the robe like i wear a t-shirt that's got the dude on it says abide and that's more of a statement of i enjoy this yeah i enjoy the movie yeah Exactly. But once or you the start character. actively trying to be a dude, you're no longer a dude, man. It's like being a hipster. Like yeah, you try to be a hipster, you're not a hipster anymore, man. <laughs> like I just grew my mustache out. Now everyone's into goatees. Like I can't. <laughs> now I can't just grow a goatee out of nowhere just because everybody else is doing it. It's such a weird thing. Stress yourself out. Well, hipsters too, man. Like it. I I have this opinion about like like. Like people that are actively trying to be hipsters, what I think they're trying to do is, is take over the world. By um, <laughs> of course, <laughs> so what they're doing is they're getting into really vague things, right? Uh-huh. But then they're also into mainstream things, but on like a uh, 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 an ironic uh, level. an ironic yeah. level. Uh-huh. So it's like 
It's like there are... So it's like you're making things that are mainstream ironically cool. And so now people that are into those mainstream things that you think are unironically, they're into those things which are no longer cool because now all hipster stuff is cool. So now I'm a hipster of the hipsters because I'm into mainstream stuff unironically. And it's just like we're all hipsters and fedoras are just going to start falling out of the sky. (laughs) We're all in the... Guys, the hipster black vans are just going to roll up and wrap you in scarves and pea coats. And <laughs> I don't know what a hipster car would like a fix, like Kevin Kinane's joke about the fixed wheeled bicycle. Yes, exactly. Like, like a black blacked out fixed wheeled bikes coming up. And people wearing backpacks for no reason. Like, like I've been out of college for eight years and I'm still not wearing a backpack. <laughs> Do they have anything in it? This backpack contains my identity. Don't take it away from me, or else I won't know who I am in the universe. <laughs> so, what kind of podcast are we doing? I don't again? know. We're, we're supposed to be talking about the Silmarillion, but we got way off track again. Like um, you. Oh, oh my man! Goodness. Just to justify the existence of this podcast, let's go ahead and talk about something talking related. Alright, um, let's talk about elves, man. Elves are the next part in the Silmarillion that we're going to go. Dwarves and elves. The creation yeah. of these uh, creatures. But, um, let's just, let's talk about elves. Yeah, right? let's just, talk about elves. Just for a while. So I'm just going to be going off the Wikipedia page, because that's what I do. Right. Um, kind of the spark notes Silmarillion type thing. Alright, so we see elves in a lot of these... Yeah, we see all these trolls, elves, dwarves, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So it, if it's in what we uh, uh, associate with, with modern Western fantasy, mm-hmm. probably digs its roots somewhere into uh, Germanic folklore, okay. Nordic folklore, Anglo-Saxon folk- folklore, or Celtic folklore. Okay. Northern European folklore. Okay. And uh, we're going to see what the association was with elves, where they originally like kind of came from. And uh, this is all going to be based off of Wikipedia, but I'm just doing the work for you. Like, let's just... Um, Alright, so, the elves were originally from uh, Germanic folklore, okay. um, pre-medieval, dude, Rom- Roman times. Okay. Uh, the thing is, with a lot of that folklore, that it was, uh, a lot of it was passed down word of mouth. Mm-hmm. So you have a lot of things that are just... it, Which kind of makes it a little bit less accurate to what the original intention was but it also makes it a little more accurate to like the cultural development you know what it truly is because these things obviously don't exist right from what you know let's let's go with that right right, right. not to squash any kind of belief system that anyone has not that i'm offending a lot of elf believers but i mean (laughs) obviously there's people that are modern pagans and stuff like that but um, so basically, what these things are—they're ideas that are pa- that were passed down throughout uh, Northern uh, European right. folklore, essentially. Okay. So uh, let's just go with what Wikipedia has to say about because that feels like a pretty honest uh, <laughs> probably get a source good, for get elves a at least. A- answer for it. Uh, yeah. Germanic mythology, folklore—they were also in uh, Old English, Old English, and North Norse mythology. Uh huh. Um. The uh, different musical texts, prayers, ballads, and folk tales. All right, so they're just kind of a folk tale for a lot of things. In old Norse myth- mythology, um, they they seem to be. This is according to what I'm reading here. Um, 
kind of uh, counted among the pagan gods, kind of within that realm of itself. We also see things like giants and dwarves, but we're going to get into that stuff later. Yeah. Um, counted amongst the uh, the pagan gods, uh, they, they go into uh, medieval German uh, texts where they seem more consistently monstrous and harmful. So, um, so elves my... were more, like, sinister in that in that. Within the medieval times, what we got to remember what medieval meant was after the fall of Rome and then uh, after, um, what's his name? Uh, Charlemagne. Oh, Charlemagne. Okay. Constantine, but then eventually going to Charlemagne to establish the uh, essentially Christian Northern Europe. So now these elves, during that time, they start to get associated with bad things. Because um, they were pagan. Because they were pagan, they were associated with that culture. So they wanted to create this. They wanted to put a negative face a negative on that face non. On it, yeah. As, okay, on that on that aspect of it. Interesting. Yeah. Um, it says elves were prominently associated with sexual threats, seducing people and causing them harm. Really? Uh, for example, a number of early modern ballads. Early modern, once again, post pagan, right. early Christian. We're talking um, about dark ages, pretty much. Yeah, dark age. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, when the roman church under the influence of charlemagne and all these other conquerors uh-huh. used used christianity used, almost as a weapon yeah 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 Christ, or catholic or whatever you want to associate it with the oh, yeah. roman the idea of the roman church as well, as yeah, a, used it, as yeah, a tool sure. of uniting all these tribes under one universal belief system uh-huh. into gathering all these people and so what they did was they would basically alienate them from their old beliefs by creating these ideas of these negative these connotations negative, of yeah. of these pagan beliefs that they used yeah. to yeah and a, and a lot of what the early christians had that was an advantage on the old germanic pagans yeah. was writing okay so that was your proof right you know what i mean they actually had so you could easily argue like... something written down as opposed to something that was passed down in your family for generations only because especially back then how many generations of your family were really alive yeah. at a certain time mm-hmm. and then the people that it didn't really convert over they just killed but they would just keep putting the negative con- connotations to keep in line the people that they had conquered okay. and this isn't saying anything about any religious group no necessarily this but is about the people who use that to conquer others it's people. not saying anything about religion but the pe- about about the people who use religion yes wrongly yeah yeah um the elizabeth Elizabethan, Elizabethan, mm-hmm. Queen Elizabeth <laughs> right. era elves became uh, uh, they kind of got romanticized within uh, within you know culture and they started to become more of like what we see of these of this folklore right you know these these old stories that we would that, you know that people would start to you know that's when they finally they could start writing things down mm-hmm. and they could write their folklore down they could write these stories down so stuff that had still remained over from the old times. They could write these stories down. They kind of got a little bit more innocent because, you know, religion had become such a way of life for these people. You could still have the folklore in there and it wasn't going to, you know. So they kind of, I don't really know the whole context of it, but you could see them more associated into folklore. And thus becoming the variations of what we see as elves today. Okay. You know, it's these little magical creatures. Magic being just like this magic. You know, just stories that you told to generally children. Generally magic. Yeah. yeah, just Stories that you told reason. to children at night. The United States is actually where the uh, Christmas elves. I was I was going to ask where that from. kind of originated from. You most of the Christmas traditions, as we see them in the modern context, are very commercialized versions. Okay. Of things that were in 
cultures all over the world uh-huh. and they kind of got commercialized and chiseled down to what we wanted to be the American tradition. Uh-huh. Of course, the American tradition is to get people to buy stuff. <laughs> so America. Uh, so uh, we kind of see the commercialization of like the Christmas elves and Santa Claus and all this stuff like that. Uh-huh. But anyways, that's kind of like the, uh, what we see as the general origin of the elves. And it actually talks about here. Um, elves entered the 20th century high fantasy genre in the wake of works published by authors such as J.R.R. Tolkien, for which see Elf Middle Earth. And I'm going to click on that link. Um, <laughs> That'll probably get you like a lot of the stuff in the Silmarillion then. Yeah, and it actually talks about the Silmarillion right here. Yeah. Uh, the history of the elves is uh, described more fully in the Silmarillion, which is, I think we're going to get into the history of the elves. Yeah. Uh, I think next, before we get into the history of the elves, we're going to do another, I think before we advance the story any more of the Silmarillion, I want to talk about more of the elves today more the and legend, then, legendarium origins yeah, of different races. of the elves yeah. and then the dwarves yeah uh and i kind of want to get into i think next week we'll do dwarves and orcs i want to okay. i want to find out because i don't know if orcs well we know we know i don't know if orcs i think orcs were kind of a more of a little bit more original idea i don't really know how this yeah more into it but we have we've always had things been, like trolls yeah trolls and, and goblins like goblins yeah. we've always had ghouls yeah <laughs> i just think of ghouls and i think of, <laughs> <laughs> it's always sunny in philadelphia where they're making uh, charlie's dating profile <laughs> he's like talking about his favorite steak is like milk or favorite food is milk steak he's like what are your interests he's like ghouls <laughs> like you know little, little, <laughs> ghouls <laughs> so, <laughs> By 1950, I'm just going to read off of the Wikipedia page, guys, Do so don't take my word for it, but whatever, we're just rolling with it. Yeah. Uh, we're learning stuff. The words of Elfarian gnome have many divergent contradictory associations, obviously, because it's all, it's all just things that people created. So uh, a lot of these things uh, from this era have, have more or less become, even during the progression of what we, you know, the reason there's so many variations of what they are is because they became what we call public domain. Right. Um... You know, you just make whatever you want out of it because there's Celtic influence, there's Germanic influence, Anglo-Saxon influence, mm-hmm. Christian influence, pagan influence, all kinds of different things like that. Right, and uh, also non-European cultures. You right. know, their their influence on it as well. So what it is. Um, by 1915, which we've already discussed, this, Tolkien was writing uh, his first Elven poems. Uh, the word elf and fairy and gnome had many divergent, contradictory associations. Tolkien had been gently warned warned against using the term fairy. Uh, which John Garth supposes may have been uh, may have been due to the word becoming increasingly used to indicate homosexuality. Really, yeah. like fairy stories and things. Um, but uh, by the late 19th century, the term fairy had been taken up as a utopian theme and when used to critique social and religious values, a tradition which Tolkien, along with T. H. White, uh, are seen to continue. Um, so basically, we see this term, and it goes into more and more detail on it. Uh, but we see Tolkien basically using the elf as this... As kind of the stand-in for, like, the fairy? Uh, I guess, but kind of just... You know, he's, he's making his own thing of it. And we see him using a lot of the uh, different influences to create his own elvish society. Okay. And uh, what I like about Tolkien's writings and the high fantasy in general is there's always that question of, it, like, is he writing stuff about like prehistory you know what i mean right because there's that right. whole i mean we we kind of are now a little bit more familiar with uh what what happened prior to 
Rome going to because that's when the real written history of what the Germanic people and the Northern European people were. Uh-huh. Um, but there's always been that kind of like darkness of it because we always because see the Middle written. East yeah. and uh, Eastern Africa and yeah. places like that as like the cradle of civilization. And um, but there's a long stretch of time, thousands of years, where you've got people and tribes and even uh, uh, cultures and, and religions. Mm-hmm. Um, in northern Europe that we're just, you know, we don't know a whole lot about outside of archaeological findings. Right. Uh, I saw one documentary about um, prehistoric Germanic peoples, and they, they, they found one where there was this carving of, like, a lion. And that was, like, their, uh, you could tell it was, it was like, an idol. Really? Like a deity. Like, so they had one of these groups, which, obviously, you got to think before, you know, I imagine at some point in prehistory. Uh-huh. Um, because most of those uh, Germanic religions are so closely associated with each other, and Celtic religions have a very close association with it, um, you got to imagine at one point in history there was some kind of empirical thing that happened, event that happened, that kind of um, unite yeah, like those a people catalyst under that um, united them, yeah. yeah. Um, because you did have various ones, or maybe those belief systems just died off, and they all just kind of, as as folk generally generally tend to do, developed more and more and as people started to network more and more that's just what it eventually developed into because okay. once again it's a lot of it's unwritten but anyways a lot of that stuff's unknown to us and especially back then you know it was even more unknown to them so i like to imagine this is my interpretation of it and of course i'm sure they've got writing saying that this isn't the case or whatever mm-hmm. but i like to imagine that at some point they were like trying to develop a pre a prehistory like an implied prehistory of right uh, of, of our of planet Europe? that we're living on yeah you know um of you know of europe of this magical time before whatever you even see that in game of thrones where they have uh you know so they, they've got um they've got things that are lore mm-hmm. that happened thousands of years ago you know the age of heroes they've got all this stuff and stuff like that like yeah. how much of it's true how much of it isn't true we're dra- you know they haven't seen dragons in hundreds of years right. the only reason they even believe in dragons in the first place is because of the written records mm. but with the other stuff like the the um white walkers and all there's a lot of them a lot of people just lot don't of people believe didn't in them. believe in it because it was so old and they didn't have the real proof of it right you know it wasn't written within a certain time frame so that history wasn't really counted interesting it. It just, martin does a great job of kind of encapsulating what, how we think as a society today just because like it was what's real down, history yeah. what's not hit real history yeah um because what anything beyond what what, what we read anything we read could be totally made up. <laughs> you don't, I mean, obviously there's proof that you can actually see and you've got all these other things like that. Uh, but if you think like conspiracy, you'd be like, it's all made up. <laughs> I know that's frowned upon, but I don't know. Just, uh, I like to think that, that, that Tolkien, the reason he drew from these things, one is because it's great story building and world building or story development and world building. Um, but also maybe that's what, you know, maybe he was taking like a, I want. I don't want to say agnostic. But that's really the only word I can use to describe. Like a maybe skeptical. it is, maybe it isn't. This, yeah. And he's like, it's up to interpretation. Dude. Okay. You know, and he's it's like, it's up to you to figure. Yeah. You know, not to figure out, but to kind of you fill in the blanks. And you know, like, and these writers also, back then, prior to the super corporatization of those things, mm-hmm. uh, and I get that that Lord of the Rings still is not public or Tolkien writing still is not public domain yeah but it's not Tolkien's fault that's Walt Disney's fault like that's, yeah I'm yeah. not trying to like that's a real thing that like, I want you guys happened. to look up why public domain 
is what it is. What? Well, yeah, exactly. I'm not trying. I'm not joking. This is bad. Like I'm trying to say, like that's actually what happened. For better or for worse, Walt Disney was responsible for the copyright laws as they are yes. nowadays. So, like, yeah. and of course, Tolkien's writing fall into those. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think when he started writing back in 1915, things weren't the way that they were. So the reason he developed those things the way that they he developed them was because he knew at some point it was going to be public domain. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And he wanted to kind of um, maybe he didn't, yeah. but I I imagine. But that in the thing those is, he times, wasn't looking to make a buck off of it. Yes, um, I mean he he wanted to. No, 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 no. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. Um, but I imagine those times that had to have been something that people took into consideration. Yeah. That whenever my work becomes public domain, what are people going to do with it? Yeah. And am I going to give them a good enough source to develop more stuff from it? Develop. Yeah. So yeah, it goes back to what we were talking about the first. I think the first episode where we talked about him basically creating a modern mythology and yeah and. And you are, you're creating an entertainment mythology. Yeah. Exactly. Anyways, I wanted to get into that, and I want to get into more of the actual sources. Because that's, it's so easy to read these writings and read these books without actually thinking of the context. Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. And so... Thinking of, like, the time period that they were written during, and the history behind the stuff that they're based on, and things like Mm -hmm. that. And that, yeah, that's a good thing to look into as far as, like, kind of coming at a different angle onto basically not just what they mean or what they represent or but you know why they were written yeah like why what why did tolkien decide to write these things and yeah. uh, i feel like that's a good good way to go about it as well i agree yeah man so I, yeah guys i hope you guys enjoy it. I, i'd like to keep this one i'd like to keep this one uh, as long as we can oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah um I, I, yeah uh, absolutely and we'll keep it we'll these longer form podcasts. Put out a lot of content because yeah. we may not have a huge following, but for the for the few of you who do listen to it, I hope that this is good. And I know we do a lot of these fan announcement things because we're still just trying to figure out what we're supposed to be talking about it. But we appreciate you. And this is also where we would normally be doing like sponsors. Yeah. But we don't have those. So, <laughs> so you get all our attention for you now. You get all of our attention. We love you until people start giving us money. <laughs> <laughs> America. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Well, uh, yeah, guys. So that'll wrap it up for episode five. We're at episode five. Man. Wow. Where are we on iTunes, by the way? Still waiting for uh Still waiting for a reply as of, as of today, which is Thursday. Still waiting Ew, for a that reply. means someone down at old Steve Jobs graveyards listen to our stuff. Oh, man. Just like... That poor person. Mm, they got his frozen head and they just plug it in there and he just <laughs> waits for him to nod or shake. <laughs> Thumbs up, thumbs down. We'll see. We'll see if we get that thumbs oh, yeah. up. It's a, it's a, it's a Facebook thumbs up or thumbs down. That that's like hologrammed onto the dome, the Futurama style dome where Steve Jobs' head is, and he's just like, Mirth. don't trust the banks. Jobs controls the media. Jobs controls the media. Oh my! Goodness. You know what we haven't had in a while? A good potatoes <laughs> reference. Potatoes. Yeah, the. Pot- You're right. We have not had a good potatoes reference. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I feel like we should make some rabbit potato stew. Oh man! But that would involve like I don't know how to get rabbit other than going out and shooting one. <laughs> and, and all I have is a three oh eight, and that's not conducive. It's gonna blow away that's a rabbit. not conducive We're to, gonna have any rabbit to making eat. rabbits too. I may have to dig the old twenty two bolt action out of the closet somewhere. Murder myself a bunny and chop up some potatoes. 
Boom. <laughs> there you go. It. We done did it. Oh, man. So, yeah, guys. Um, uh, once again, I'm Seamus. Uh, I'm, I'm Caleb. <laughs> and, yeah, that's Summer Idiots. Hey, everybody. Thanks again for listening to Summer Idiots. Just for because this is a longer episode, I'll go ahead and keep this short. Tell your friends to follow us on Twitter at Summer Idiots, Instagram at Summer Idiots, and Facebook also at Summer Idiots. Uh, if you have any questions or anything you want us to talk about, uh, go ahead and send us an email at uh, SummerIdiots at gmail.com. And, hey, we're on iTunes and Google Play now. If you'd like to follow us on Google Play or iTunes, uh, go ahead and subscribe. Subscribe there and leave a comment. And uh, be sure to tell your friends, let, let all the people know if you enjoy this content and you know people who will, uh, we'd be happy to have their support. All right, guys, we'll see you next time.